Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. You have made it for us to rejoice, be glad in. We say hallelujah. Glory to God. We rejoice in what you have done. We just rejoice in you, Lord, because you're God. The fact that we haven't even even have a mind to acknowledge you is something to rejoice about. So we rejoice in your goodness, your mercy, and your great love, which really has transformed us and will continue to do so. We honor you. We give you this time. We ask you to speak to us, touch us, help us, heal us, give us revelation, understanding, bless us in so many ways. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. <laughs> Excuse me. I got to get rid of my my lozenge, so to speak. Praise God. Amen. Well, we had a good good uh, session yesterday. We're going to continue it. Amen. Today, uh, I'm thanking God continually for this time to spend time on healing because it's so much needed. Number one, uh, it's the message of the hour. <laughs> Amen. Is health and healing. And uh, I think if we focus on that, we'll be, uh, you know, ahead of the curve and and keeping up with things and on time. You know, preachers always like to have timely messages. And uh, the message of healing is actually timeless. I mean, it's there's no um, there may be more need for it from time to time, but we always need to know about health and healing. Uh, people in the world want to be healed and want to be whole. And so uh, there's there's a lot of benefit to it. And I'm very thankful to God for it. And he's beginning to reveal things to me uh, that are, well, it, I, I just depend on that, you know, God's constant revelation to me. But he's beginning to help me to focus in on tying up loose ends. I always think about revelation as kind of like tying up some loose ends like there was a, a a fragment over here and there was one over here and then he connects the two together so that it it begins to bring greater understanding and that is just so wonderful because he wants us to understand him understand ourselves understand his word his kingdom he wants to bring, he said, and all you're getting, you know, get that, get your understanding. And so once we, we begin to know what God's after and, and begin to pursue that and run with him in the pursuit of these things, then our lives are, will arrive everywhere on time. You know what I'm saying? You, the things that you're believing God for take a certain amount of knowledge and revelation to receive those things. Never get bored in your life with God because he's always revealing himself to us. The Bible talks about the hidden treasures of darkness, and that includes understanding, knowledge, and revelation. And they don't just come because you pick up a Bible and read it. Trust me. You know, I know when I first started in the things of God, I read the Bible all the way through, and I said, well, God, what's next? You know, he said, this ain't no textbook. He said, you're going to get the test next. And that's been going on for 30 plus years now. You understand me? The test is ongoing. And so when you think about God and you think about his kingdom, the knowledge of God is so vast. Look at Solomon. God poured out more wisdom 
to him and through him than any man that ever lived on the face of the earth. And that that record has held after his death so many centuries. And yet Solomon made some of the biggest mistakes a king in Israel could make. It was forbidden to have multiple wives and to take wives of foreign of foreign gods. And he did all of those things. Amen. And so uh, at the end, he, he summed it up and he said life was vain. You know, and that's kind of a sad commentary for a man who served God and, and was a king before God. And so there are so many different layers of understanding that we can get from God. Pursue those things. Amen. Pursue understanding and knowledge. Amen. Pursue God because he's the one who has it and he's glad to reveal it to us. But he reveals it to the humble. He reveals it to the ones who are walking with him and being obedient to him. And so in that way, you can always have a wealth of knowledge and understanding before God. And so it's a good thing to pursue him. Amen. Amen. Just pursue the Lord. So in talking about wenting, so everybody pretty much knows what that means. We all have a, a, a kind of an understanding of what we mean when we say wenting. Uh, that term was actually coined by um, Lillian Yeomans, who was a uh, an ex-drug addict. She was a doctor, but she was an ex-morphine addict. Uh, she was under a lot of stress with her medical practice, and she um, uh, found herself taking, you know, a little drop here and a little dram here and a little, amen, uh, what did, um, what's his name, Sherlock Holmes. Took the what seven percent solution or three percent? I forget what they called it, but anyway, these were you know it was legal over the counter many times to get hard narcotics. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you could go up to the corner drugstore and get paragoric, which is codeine, and you gave it to babies, and they got well. And I don't believe they all grew up addicts because you get them, you know, people don't get addicted because you give them some medicinal things, you know, when they're, they're children. I don't believe that. People believe, blame everything on what you eat. Like all these kids with, uh, what's that stuff? Uh, autism and, you know, it, it's supposedly because you give them too much sugar. And I know when I was growing up, I was a sugar queen. Huh? <laughs> now, trust me, I've had my mental issues, all right? But they sure didn't come from too much sugar. Amen. So a lot of this nonsense, they want to blame everything but those vaccines that now we're finding out there's probably something been wrong with them for a long time. Amen. So, you know, just chill. You're going to need God one way or the other. That's all I'm saying It's one way or the other. The word can straighten it out and you can get it all straightened out if you will, you know, uh, respond to God's word, hear and obey God's word and do the word of God. And so uh, Dr. Yeomans, unfortunately, uh, her practice and almost her life came to an end. Uh, she said one of the nurses that worked for her called her a skeleton. What is she called? A skeleton on something. Skeleton with skin over it. You know, I mean, she really had uh, the devil had really taken her over and she heard a sermon on salvation and healing and went to a minister's meeting. I forget which one it was, one of the healing 
uh, ministers during that time who interceded for her, prayed for her. God delivered her and saved her. And so she began to study divine health and healing. She never went back. Well, she lost her license. They didn't want to see her anymore. But she never even attempted to get it back after she regained her health. She went on to serve God, and she opened up healing rooms, actually. She would take terminally ill patients in and read the word to them, or she would instruct them to speak the word to themselves over and over and over again. And generally at the end of three days, everybody came out healed. For some people who got better gradually, uh, she would put them under what she called wenting. Like the, the ten lepers were healed as they went. And so she coined that phrase. And, and she said that uh, when you um, have instructions from God as to how to receive your healing, then you go about your life as normally as possible and you're healed as you went. Brother Hagen was healed that way. When when he uh, feasted on the word, let the word take him as far as it could, uh, God began to speak to him and told him, he said, you're healed as far as you know. And so he began to fill in, tie those loose ends together, things that he did not know. And he said, uh, if you believe you've received your healing, then you stand up and you get up and you go to the breakfast table, so forth and so on. And and he began to went. He would drag himself out of the bed. But within a week's time, he was fully functional again. He could walk where he had been paralyzed uh, for about a year and a half. He couldn't lift his arms. He had to be fed. He was totally uh, healed uh, because he stood on God's word. And he went. Uh, and as he went, he was healed. So wenting really, when we talk about it, and it implies that you are acting out a thing before it is a reality to you in the natural realm. So if, if you say, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, you're, you're healed, what do healed people do? And when we have the healing schools, you'll notice if if there's somebody in a wheelchair, my eyes will zero in on, <laughs> you know, and and that's the, it's the Holy Ghost. Be telling me ain't the Holy Ghost? I said the Holy Ghost, making me notice stuff. Amen. Because I'm not. Other than that, I'm 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 in pity or something oh poor thing you know it ain't that i'm looking for a way to get them out that chair get them because that's what they came for amen and so when 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 you do that you begin to understand that somehow some way they're going to have to get motivated to stand up so that the anointing can work when when we talk about the working of miracles the anointing works in increments it works by their faith. The minister has to pay the price for the anointing so that it can get in the atmosphere and get in their hands. Amen. I feel it in my hands, <laughs> you know, and, and, and in the atmosphere. And so once that anointing is there for healing, for wholeness, whatever the need is, we can start allowing that person to exercise their faith. And so faith will tell them to cooperate with the minister. 
Amen. And really, that's about all you need to get a miracle. That's where they came to Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on us. And then the minister supplies the instruction through the gifts of the spirit. Amen. So I'm trying to listen to God to see what he tells me to tell this person so that their faith can be released so that he can heal them. And so that's really pretty much how it works. Uh, when, when, when God would speak to me about things, there must be an unction to carry that out. If there's no unction, you're just in the flesh. You know, and there have been tons of people who have gotten people healed through very extreme means, but there was an unction to do it. Jack Coe was a good example of somebody who was brutal against the devil. Smith Wigglesworth, too. Brutal against the devil. Smith Wigglesworth would have people come in with gallstones and he'd punch him in the side. And I don't mean just nudging. I mean hard. And they get up off the floor healed. I'll talk about slain in the spirit. See, we're nice. <laughs> if I can say that. But uh when you got slain there, you you either got up healed or you was mighty hurting. But there was an unction to do it. And in the, and the Holy Ghost honored it. Go figure. Amen. So so the working of miracles gift is unique in that no two miracles are ever the same. You know, I don't know how I got off on this, but but anyway, we'll we'll go we'll go as far as God says go, okay? But but no two two efforts are ever the same. One of the reasons that God does it that way is that religious people, witches and warlocks study movements because that's all they have is their eyeball watching. And they study movements to see if they can reproduce the movements and get the results or get get uh, over into a zone where familiar spirits will work with them and they can fake results best based on doing things the same way so-and-so used to do them in their meeting. So that's why the, the minister that's smart and under the anointing of God will listen for God's unique instructions for that individual. You know, there's so many things that God has such a repertoire and variety of ways to work with people. Number one, he has to work with them according to sometimes their life experience. So he can have a door of of opportunity. See, faith opens a door uh, for them to receive the anointing and receive what they're expecting to get from God. And so once that door is opened, then the, the anointing goes in. They get what they need. But you got to find a way to open the door. Now, William Branham was was unique in that he used the gift of the word of knowledge to open people up that he was a man of God and that God was doing this. So he would tell them what they did that morning. Or he would tell them that there's somebody here has been in an accident and he would give all the details and somebody say, ah, that's me, that's me, and run up and get their healing, you know. So you have to have a way to open people's faith up through through something, a point of contact that they can relate to so that they can get what they came for in God. See, God sees that they've got 
this much faith, but it's going to take this much to get the miracle. So he takes there this much and he begins to build and build. And Jesus did the same thing every time. You see people come to Jesus where we don't know how much faith they had. Some had very little. And some he had to rebuke because they wasn't in the, they wasn't even in the ballpark, you know, let alone first base. They didn't have, they didn't have an at bat coming. And so there are many, many things that, that he did that were unique. The, the, uh, clay, the making clay out of spit. Now, why is clay significant? Tell me about it. That's what we're made out of. Now, this is this is how I understand it in the Holy Ghost. When Jesus did, he did the, the clay, clay and spit, put it on his eyes, told him to go wash, come back, sing. Naaman is another one with the clay. He went and dipped in the Jordan, which was a muddy river. Now, both of these are creative miracles. The one guy never saw in his life, so he needed a creative miracle. Naaman, all his skin and and limbs were rotting off from leprosy, so he needed a creative miracle. So the way I put it together, creative miracles come when God reenacts creation. Now, see, healing is is spiritual. So because healing comes through your spirit, your spirit has to be taught how to receive your healing. We do it with the word. You let the word meditate on the word day and night, and it provides medicine to your flesh. But suppose you need something recreated. In your body. Now, your spirit was alive during creation, but your soul wasn't. So when God, when Jesus made the clay and put it on his eyes, that man's spirit said, I remember this. His soul couldn't say it because he wasn't there. But his spirit was there. So when you think about it, some of these things that Jesus did make no sense to us in our souls and even in our born-again spirits because we weren't there. See, when he gives you a new heart, your spirit man gladly receives it because he says, Oh, I got the heart back that I wanted to have. I don't want that messed up thing I've been living with. Amen? So that's how we receive by the Spirit. So Jesus would bypass their natural understanding and do something totally off the chain to get their spirit engaged and bypass the soul and the flesh which have been damaged through sin. Your condemned flesh and soul have no no concept and no uh, door of reference into what happened to your spirit. Because when you're, you're, when, when Jesus did that for that guy, his spirit got engaged. He said, the spirit, spirit man says, Oh, wait a minute. Now I remember when I was there. I was there the first time God made these for me. The devil stole them. Now he's putting them back. So that's how he could get up and walk to the pool. 
A blind man just walked to the pool, y'all. He was blind only in the natural, but when them I, when that clay showed up, that spirit man said, it's on. I'm getting it now, and I know I'm getting it. Tell me what to do, and I'll go do it, and I'll have my eyes back. Same thing with Naaman. He had leprosy. It, 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 first it starts on your skin, then it goes underneath, gets a cartilage, it keeps going down layer to layer to layer. And then pretty soon people come up with a fingers missing end of the nose missing, ears missing. You need a creative miracle for that. Naaman said, I want to go dip in my river because it's cleaner. Why? Because his damaged soul knew nothing about how he was created out of clay. But when the prophet told him, go dip in the Jordan because you got recreative mud in there. You got material in there that your spirit knows, is familiar with, and your spirit is the one that's going to grab onto that and get this healing for you, not your crazy brain. Amen. And so when we look at the things that God might cause us to do, there's a multitude of ways that he can get people well. And so we as believers have to be open to let God teach us how to do these interesting things because creative miracles call for some creativity. They do. And the creator is the one who supplies the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the instruction. Amen. And so when we think about that, it it is a miracle. Many times I'll I'll work with people until I know that anointing has clicked in. For some people it's a long time. For some people it's quick. I wish it was all quick, but it's not all quick. Because it, anybody can get up and walk if that faith meets the anointing in the right way. Sometimes people I've had people sit up and in you know how they look at you funny, roll their eyes the whole time you preaching. You know, I but come on, y'all, let's get it get it together here. Now grow up with me here. Let's let's just go down the right street together. You know, number one, if you're a woman, they looking for you to be stupid. You know, but people people are funny. They want to compete with everybody. But if you're a woman, you find all kind of competition. Number one, all the men think they smarter than you. You understand what I'm saying? And they want to tell you what to do half the time. You know, many times they they in the women are jealous. huh? They looking at your clothes and looking at how come she always wearing that black thing all the time? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just, you know, and it nails. Oh, just all kind of stuff. Just crazy and so people are distracted. They come in. You want people in the spirit. You play the praise and worship music. You hoping everybody in the spirit in the right way. But you know what? Sometimes the critical people are the best candidates to get a miracle. Because God will grab them by surprise and yank them out of that. You know, all of a sudden their spirit will click in and he yanks them out of there and they receive something they were going to resist, you know. I don't believe in all that. Part. She ain't going to push me down. 
<laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so when, I'm just saying all this to say we have to let God be in charge of these things. You know, just let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him use you. You know, there are some things, if, you know, most people are, are, are healed because you pray the word. Pray the word. Don't look for a prophecy. Don't look, you understand what I'm saying? Just pray the word of God and it'll get the job done. That's how people in here, when we pray for people on that sick list, that's how they get healed. Now, when we can, we'll send them a prayer cloth or send them a pillow, point of contact for the anointing, and God heals through that route. But God had to release that to us. You understand? You just don't say, well, why why don't we just cut up a sheet and send it? Now, you have to really have confidence that that God's going to honor that when, when you understand what I'm saying. And so it's all done by instruction and unction. But I say that to say God has so many ways to heal people. He has so many ways. And he wants to use all of us. You know, many of the the disciples were disciples. They weren't apostles. And they weren't all fivefold. Or the gospel would never have gotten as far as it did if they were waiting on just the preachers to go do it. Preachers were sitting up getting many petties. Oh, you could laugh. Come on. Isn't that what they said? <laughs> she had say, yeah, she, she going to get in the clear no matter what. But when the people was arguing over the food, they said, um, seriously? I'm going I'm to serve tables. I'm going to wait the tables. I'm going to go read my parchments or whatever they was. I don't know what they was doing, but. They said they didn't have time for Am I right, Poppy? They didn't have time. So anyway, praise God, I have time. Amen. I'm going to make my sandwiches. And my <laughs> I do that so I don't have to sit down and talk to the preachers. <laughs> That's my escape. <laughs> Love all you ministers. Praise God. But you know how sometimes y'all work? Work a sister. Work her nerve. You know, you want to tell them all to get on their knees and repent. Praise God. Quit talking about everybody. It's a bad example in front of the sheep. You know what I'm saying? Love you all, though. Love you all. <laughs> Our friends on the Internet. So we're going to continue talking about how did you went? Amen. How did you went? Amen. So yesterday we talked about wanting to get your healing. Amen. The uh, woman with the issue of blood, she went to get her healing. She said, if I could just get there and touch him, I'll be made whole. Amen. And and we talked about how Jesus would allow people to get understanding of healing, at least their healing. Amen. Because you need to understand if you're getting supernatural anything, you need to understand as much about it as you can. Don't just grab a healing and run. But sometimes you need to go with something. And so when she was kind of like a unique person, amen, the lepers went to get their healing. So as they went, they were healed. 
except we said the one that came back to give glory to God, he got more than healed. Amen. He got a clean bill of health. Amen. Just like you would get at the doctor. Sometimes your doctor will will release you. He said, well, I don't need to see you. Uh, well, for another year, we'll let you where you've been coming like every other month, every three months, every six months. And then you kind of stabilize. He said, well, I just need to see you in a year. You know, you don't have to take the medicine anymore and just check in with me and I'll make sure your your healing holds or, or your the state of health that you're in. Make sure it holds. And so you're 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 given a clean bill of health, but with a restriction that you got to come back and make sure it holds. Then there's sometimes the doctor said, listen, all that cancer is gone. I don't know what it was, but we thought it was this and it's not that. It's not that. So I don't need to see you anymore. You're not you never had it and you don't have it. And so those are two ways that doctors in the world will terminate their care or the level of care that they've been giving to you. And Jesus was the same way. In fact, they got it from him. When he would, when people would receive their healing by faith, he would take the time to explain to them how they got it and then release them either with a clean bill of health or with a caution. So we're going to talk about the caution. Because yesterday, the the woman with the issue of blood got the clean bill of health. He said, go in peace. You're whole of that plague. That's not going to bother you anymore. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to keep checking yourself. Just go and live in peace. Don't have a worry. Don't have a care. Don't have a a, a fear that it's going to come back on you. And so she she got the clean bill of health. Why? Her faith had made her whole. He, when he stopped, he felt virtue or power going out of him. And at the same time, she received it. And the Bible says she knew within herself that she was healed of that plague. But he still made everybody stop and find her. Huh? That's what you want, too. You want to be stopped and found by God. And when he found her, it says she told all the truth. So the story that we read, the details we read about her were not known until after she was healed. He had to hear her testimony. Like, how did you get the idea to do this? He had to know her healing was legitimate. Amen. She said, well, I just heard about you, and I said with them, uh-huh, you and the Holy Ghost said within yourself. See, he knew that faith had schooled her and told her how to get her healing. Because it was not going to come by her coming up in front of him with all those people and him, and him touching her. It was not going to happen. She was under too much restriction of religion. And tradition and the word, you know, sometimes the word can get traditional more so than, than making sense. But her faith bypassed the law, the restrictions of the Jewish law. Will God do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
you know, you can you can live a promiscuous life and come down with with some kind of STD that's incurable. Sometimes that herpes don't go away. And so you've already been given a sentence by your behavior. And when he comes through and you dare ask for a healing and he heals you, he's violated his own law. I said he's violated his own law, folks. Mercy always violates the law. How do you think we're still living? (laughs) The cross violates the law. He fulfilled the law. Amen. It was done away with. So now you can come to God by faith in what he did, not in what you do. Thank God we don't live by what we do. Amen. Good or bad. Any good in us, it comes through him. So so the woman with the issue of blood, he said to her, daughter, go your way. Go your way. Go anywhere you want to go. Do anything you want to do. Now, she was a daughter of Abraham. He knew she wasn't going to go too far. No, she wasn't going to go start partying at the local tavern, pole dancing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But he told her there are no restrictions on your activity. He said you are made whole of that plague. So that disease is not going to come back on you anymore. Amen. He declared her to be an overcomer. That's where you want to be. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Amen. Because his blood had not been shed yet. It was a future occurrence. The word of her testimony to his mercy was what she lived by. Amen. And so here he says, Daughter, go your way. Your faith has made you 100% whole. In other words, your trouble is in the past. Amen. Her faith was strong enough to keep that plague away from her forever. That's what you want. You want to have that kind of faith that keeps trouble away from you forever. To keep whatever the enemy attacked you with from recurring and attacking you a second time. Amen. Nahum 1-9 should be on everybody's refrigerator. Amen. He'll make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. You got to meditate on that, walk in that every day. Amen. So really hers was not just a total mercy healing. But it was mercy and faith, amen, meet together, the Bible says. I'm talking about the cross, mercy and faith have met together or kissed each other, one of the two, amen, kissed each other, amen. So mercy and faith collided and caused her to get a clean bill of health forever, amen, amen. So here I'm going to tell you about somebody who went to keep healed, amen. He went to keep his healing. Uh, in Mark, I think it's Mark 5, we'll talk about the um, 
man who lived in the tombs. I talk about your uncle dad. <laughs> I know we got some real tomb dwellers in our in our midst, don't we? Amen. Way over the top. Amen. Uh, let me see. Okay. Yeah, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, They came over to the other side of the sea unto the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, when you're anointed, devils are often the first people to show up. I'm going to say it again. When you're anointed, devils are often the first people to show up. They're early at the meeting. They're at the meeting out in the lobby before everybody comes in. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all how to keep your sanity. They can't wait to get started. The devil's people is always either on time or early. That's why they wind up running the department where you work. How many of y'all ever had a mean boss? Because the devil sends his people early. If we could get smart, we'd beat him there. Uh, it's just true. Just true. So he says immediately this man ran out to meet him. Demons manifest because of the anointing. Okay. That's is just that's just the way it is. They're gonna happen. It's you know. <laughs> I don't like to provoke devils, but sometimes you know you you need to be able to get it known, you know, you, these people that always wait to the Meeting is over at the conference and then they, they've been eyeballing people all night to see who they think is weak and they can pick you off and give you a false prophecy. So, you know, they, we see them. I, I used to be the mean person. I started letting Miss Nola do it. I just said, trying to clean up my reputation here. But you have to stop people from lying to people at your meeting or they'll take your meeting and destroy your reputation. You know what I'm saying? But it never fails that when you go up to them and correct them and ask them not to prophesy, all this whole thing starts to manifest. You got that like uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, his countenance changed (laughs) where he was so nice before. Now he's a raving maniac. Stick their finger in your face. You ask anybody. I'm a woman of God. And I'm looking at that little snake running around the end of her hand. You know, it's like, whoa. I'm sure you are. But we don't need what you got right here, right now. If you be a woman of God, you respect protocol. We have a... You know, we have a reason why we don't let everybody run up to everybody and tell them, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. I don't see your picture on no flyer. Amen. <laughs> Less I'm mistaken. You know what I'm saying? You just, I mean, you, you know, we want to be nice to everybody. I want to be nice to people. 
but the devil won't let me. So, <laughs> so this man lived among the tombs. No man can hold him down. He has so many devils. He was strong. He picked the chains apart. Just take them and pick them apart with his hands. Amen. And it says because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and chains were plucked asunder by him. Fetters broken in pieces. No man could tame him. Always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Yes, cutting is a devil. Okay. But you you can cast him out, make him quit talking to you and making you do stuff. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of God, the Most High? I adjure thee by God that you torment me not. Amen. For he said to him, and, and he said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked the man what his name was. He didn't ask the demons. They used to work for him. He knows them all. Fallen angels were under Lucifer's dominion, who most Bible scholars believe were assigned. Lucifer was assigned to Jesus. Jesus was the son of God. Lucifer was son of the morning. Amen. He had an assignment to cover the mercy. He was the anointed cherub that covered. Amen. He was beautiful. He was captivating. He was seductive. Like your last boyfriend. <laughs> but we could take, we could take the beautiful part back. Okay, Poppy, I'll take the beautiful part back. Okay. But he sure was purdy. He was a purdy snake. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but the demons understand their time is limited. They've heard the forecast already. They know they're going to be thrown in, amen, and locked up for a thousand years. And tormented in hell. So they want to know, it's kind of early, Jesus, for all the stuff that's, that you got planned for us. Amen. Before the time. They know when the time is coming. They know it ain't the time yet here, too. But they know he has all power. He can do anything he wants to do. And And it says here, he asked, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there were near them to the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And the devils asked him, can we go into the swine? And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and they were choked. And they that fed the swine fled. Because they had devils too. So it's about like, listen, this man had so many. This is the strong man of Gadara. Not just the madman, he's the strong man. He got all the devils. 
And little by little, he lets them get in the people around there. I mean, he's holding everything up. When when God sends you somewhere to work for him, if you're anointed and he sends you, I'm not talking about you getting on Facebook and, and strong in somebody and getting an invitation. You don't see Jesus invited to go nowhere he went. You think the Pharisees invited him to the synagogue to preach and heal people? I think not. A true apostle is on assignment. They are sent ones. Every place Jesus went, he was sent by the Father. Make sure you keep the same protocol in your life. Make sure you ain't just went, you sent. Amen. So he was sent by the Father to this place. And the minute you go there, the strong man will confront you. Amen. And so I don't care if it's through a a, a, a church lady. <laughs> I mean, it's just so many. I, said, I must be getting old. Every time I, I sit out, my mind thinks about some of these things. When we went to Minneapolis, in the airport, demons hissed at us. You understand what I'm saying? The strong man will come and greet you. If I don't get hissed at, I don't feel welcome. I say, what's, am I missing something? What did I leave off? You understand what I'm saying? It, it just, it, that's the way it is, folks. So come on now. Let's get with it here. So, so he told him, uh, this man came out to meet him and, in and the herd of swine went into the, the herd of pigs went down and choked. That was what they had in mind for all those people in that region. So here you see Jesus did a great deliverance here because the pigs did not get a chance. I mean, the, the demons did not get a chance to jump on people when they came out of that man. He sent them where he wanted them to go. Amen. Rather than releasing them in that area. And so when the people heard about it, they got scared, said great fear came on everyone. They were so used to this man being crazy. You know, sometimes you can live around crazy people and get a um, an immunity to craziness. You can you can tolerate. Then you get saved and you get normal and you say, you know what, what was I living through? Well, I mean. You know what I'm saying. And they went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done. This was the story of the century. You mean to tell me that the the Legion, the guy over there that living there, he's normal? So that was big news to everybody. And they came to Jesus to see him that had been possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were scared. Because crazy was so normal to them. Now normal comes and it scares them. And they began to ask him to go away. They sent Jesus away. So don't take it personal. It's only business, folks. 
if you pray for people and they get healed or you pray for somebody that was on their deathbed with cancer and God heals them and people get mad at you and don't want to be around you, don't take it personal. Amen. It's only business. You are not going to be invited back to be everybody's friend. Just go do your job, go home, and quit taking everything personal. And they began to beg him to leave their coasts. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil begged him to go with him. Now, who in their right mind wouldn't want to follow Jesus? This man's in his right mind now. Everybody else in the town's a little crazy. Because they're begging Jesus to leave. He's the only one who wants to follow it. So really, Gadara was kind of like a crazy town. This guy was just the craziest of the crazy people. And it says, anyway, Jesus allowed him not. But he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to tell what great things and people did marvel. Now, here, this is your. uh Get rid of the strong man, deliver somebody of the power of the strong man, and turn that person into an evangelist for the gospel. Amen. Because this man is winting after he's healed. See, Jesus, we oftentimes give people instructions don't go here, go there, go this place, go that place, after they were healed. Amen. So you can went after you're healed. What instructions does God give you after he does the miracle in your life? What does he want you to do? The appropriate thing is to share your testimony. Now, why do we share testimony? It says, the Bible says we overcome that way. You need to rehearse in your own ears what God has done for you so many years ago. Number one, so you can stay in an overcoming position. And number two, so that somebody else can, through the spirit of prophecy, can receive faith to do what you did or to receive what you got. Amen. You don't ever get a healing from God and go and be ashamed of it or go sit on it or go not tell. Amen. You don't have to tell all the gory details about everything. You know, you you can say, well, I was a battered wife and but God led me to pray. And and, you know, I prayed and my husband was saved and we lived happily ever after. You don't have to tell the times you got put in jail for beating him up. I mean, sometimes you're just trying to survive so you can have a testimony at the end of it or whatever. Or that you started all the fights.
you know, sometimes you just need to listen to your parents. You know, you go home and and tell your mother, so-and-so picking on me. Huh? And she said, girl, you better just avoid that one. Don't be getting up in their face now. Huh? In order for you to kick butt, you got to bring butt. And if you ain't bringing enough, you're going to get <laughs> Like your mother would tell you, you ain't bringing enough. You understand what I'm saying? Am I right, Poppy? See? Where do these, where, where, where y'all come from? Did y'all grow up in Cleveland or where y'all grew up? Huh? Uh-huh. You know, the WWF, it was some of those wrestlers that say, we bring the whoop and you bring the. Right. Uh-huh. You better make sure you bring it enough. Amen. Amen. If you're going to bring the whooping too. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But these people, this was a crazy town. And Jesus had to leave a witness there, somebody who could continue to give their testimony. So he said, go home first to your family. Amen. Your family will be the ones to confirm that you changed. Amen. And you'll be an asset to the family. Imagine this man can work and make a living again. Amen. Their family will watch him for a while to see if it's real. But they've never seen him not be crazy. Haven't seen him in ages, probably. And so they go home. You go home so that those people that know you can be the the recipients of this new life. Amen. They're the first fruits recipients of your new life in God. I don't care if they avoid you. They make fun of you and this religion you got. No, don't talk about that religion. I don't want to hear about God. But they're the first fruit recipients of your new life. They'll be blessed and benefited by it. They just don't know it yet. See, they're in crazy town, just like this crazy guy was. They're still over in crazy town, most of the people. But Jesus assures him that your family will get used to your new life. They'll get accustomed to you. And you go and tell them what great things God has done for you. Amen? Amen. And it said, when he began to give his own testimony, all men began to marvel. So when Jesus does a healing, when he does a mercy, when he does a deliverance, he does it for on two levels. Number one, personally to answer your prayer and because he loves you and he wants you healed. That's number one. Number two is for your testimony. Amen. And he will open the door up for your testimony. You don't have to go banging down doors, running around telling everybody everything. He'll open up the door for your testimony. Now, let me say it again so you get it straight. So you get things in the right order. He heals you, number one, because you have a covenant with him and he loves you and he wants you well. Second, he does it for your testimony. Your testimony is not first. God is not healing you so other people will know something. 
He's healing you for you. You got to get healed first before anybody can know anything about anything through you. It's pride to think God is doing this for you because he needs you to do something. No, you get the privilege of doing something for him once he opens the door. He's not going to open the door and let you go in there and act crazy either. No, there's such thing as a true witness and then there's a false witness. You can have a legitimate testimony and give it at the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong people and be a false witness. I'm going to say that again. Because there are a lot of people running around thinking they're helping God and doing great things for God. And they're just totally on their own. The woman at the ish, uh, woman at the well went through the town telling everybody about Jesus. She said, I just met a man at the well, and he told me everything that I did. And she went around and told that everywhere. Now, uh, people who, well, I don't know. I don't know why people say this, just repeat stuff. But they say, well, she was the first evangelist. No, she wasn't. How many men in that town didn't know everything she did? Listen, I'm going across the street to the Y. (laughs) Huh? I gotta come eyeball y'all. I don't know if y'all sleeping or what. But what did it say? They say he went, they went back and talked to Jesus. They didn't take her word for nothing. Huh? Can somebody find that for me? Find that for me, Clarence. Cause they don't, uh, five minutes. John four. What does John four say? Yeah. Yeah. John 4 what? She said in verse 29, come see a man which told me all things ever I did. Is this not the Christ? And they went out of the city and came to him. In the meanwhile, he was, his disciples prayed him saying, master, no, I don't want that one. It's another one. They went and, and do we have another one? Anywhere? (laughs) We don't need her in there twice, huh? <laughs> but one translation says they they went to talk to Jesus themselves and not just take her word for it. Amen. So if she were a true witness, they could have taken her word for it. The anointing would have worked and convinced them. Huh? She wasn't released to tell nothing. Verse 39, 5:30. Which one? I'm sorry. Oh, I missed, I messed it up. 
<laughs> and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of this woman, which testified, he told me all ever I did. Oh, that said because of her. All right. It said, though, in one account, it said they went to see for themselves, not because of what she said. Amen. Amen. 40. Okay. So when the Samaritans were come to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two more days. And many believed because of his own word. Amen. And they said to her, now we believe not because of you. Okay. I knew I read it in the Bible for real. So the whole town rebukes her. Why? See, you got to be sent by Jesus with that message before it's going to be received. He ain't told her to go nowhere and try to convince nobody. You know what she was? She was she worked people. Huh? She was running her mouth all the time, running around telling people, oh, I talked to him and he this and he that and he that. They didn't work there. She is coming out of the same spirit she always operated out of. He didn't anoint her and send her with the message. She was the biggest liar in town. Well, your man, he was with me the other night. I don't know what you think. Huh? Do we live in America still? Huh? She ran around and told everybody's business. She had five husbands, and the one she was with, she wasn't even married to. She couldn't even get nobody to jump the broom with her no more. What kind of witness is she gonna be for? What you what you hiding back here for? <laughs> Alicia back here, like no, no, no more, no more, huh? That's why it's good to keep your mouth shut until God t- releases you to give your testimony. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Sometimes that's why a lot of people won't come to church with you. They won't let you pray for them. Everything by unction, folks. Everything by unction. Amen. So the demoniac guy was... He went, he went winting after he was healed. He had definite instructions to obey after his healing came. The young man who was born blind, they got him hemmed up in the synagogue and started questioning him, trying to take his healing away from him. When Jesus found him in there, he said, get out of here. His parents were scared they were going to get thrown out. If they they tried to share what happened to him because they knew how mean the Pharisees were. That's like going to a meeting, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, going back to your dead church, telling everybody they're going to take that away from you. You got no business returning to nonsense that God's trying to deliver you from. Well, I'm going. um, God told me he told you that. Stop lying. God told me to go back and I can be a light. Honey, that little bulb, that little tin watch you got going on there, that's barely enough to keep your head on straight. How am I doing, Claretta? Am I over? Not too much. 
How many? Get out of here. I thought I had five minutes. I am going over to the Y. What is wrong up in here? Y'all crazy. Y'all have made me crazy up in here. Give me some more pills, doctor. Dr. Pill. I thought it was five minutes a few minutes ago. All right. So we had her. Oh, we threw her in for fun. Okay. So where do we? Oh, we was at the Gadarene guy. All right. So, okay. Matthew 21. We see the man that was born blind. See, these are all you look for instructions from God after you're healed, folks. You're still winting. No, don't just take your healing and go somewhere and, you know what I'm saying, get crazy. You know, God, if nothing else, he'll need your testimony. So you got to live the kind of life where people will want to hear your testimony. you got to be a believable witness, what they call a credible witness. Uh-huh. You know, if you're in big trouble, you know, your lawyer will will ask you, is anybody, you got anybody that was with you that can vouch? Well, my, my cousin, in, in, you get the cousin's phone number, the lawyer called 10 numbers trying to find him. Then they found out the cousin in jail. He's not a credible witness. You got me? Let's keep going down the list. So when they say credible, that means somebody who will more than likely be telling the truth. People lie under oath. They don't care if you slap their hand on a Bible. They'll say anything. So anyway, the man born blind, Matthew, I think it's chapter 21, is it? Matthew 21. Okay, it says here, verse 12, when Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all those that bought and sold in the temple, overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So we got a whole lot of shaking going on already in the house of God, folks. So this is no atmosphere to be trying to say nothing good about Jesus. Let me put it that way, okay? So if if you're going to get something, this is the get and run day. You can't just hang around here. And the blind and lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were very displeased. And said to him, do you hear what these say? And Jesus said to them, yeah, have you ever read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings you have perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there. It says now in the morning as he returned to the city, he was hungry and he saw the fig tree in the way and came to it, found nothing on it but leaves only 
said to it, let no fruit grow on you hereafter forever. Presently, the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon the fig tree is withered away. Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and doubt doubt not, you can say not only this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it'll be done in all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and elders, am I in the right place? Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, John 9, that's the one I want. I'm sorry. Well, the word's good all the time, but forgive me for that, y'all. I need to. Yeah, I want John 9. Let me keep Matthew folded over because it might have been a little juicy something in that one, too. Let me see, you got to have your stories and then your juicies. Okay. So. John chapter 9, sorry about that, and verse, we start in verse 2. Okay, Jesus passed by, in verse 1, saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Matthew, who, uh, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither, for his, but the, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now. This is a transition between the old covenant and the new. Under the old covenant, there was a curse for disobedience. And so the Pharisees were always trying to find out people's background. Who caused the curse? Not that they could change anything, but they needed repentance, so to speak, and a sin offering. In order for that person to be in right standing with God. Well, Jesus comes in. He's full of mercy. He is the offering. In a few days, all them offerings going to be done away with after he goes to the cross. That'll be over already. So, but God can introduce mercy anytime he wants to based on Jesus being slain before the foundation of the earth. That's how even the law came so that they could get a, a fair judgment under the old testament law and he says who he said that so really under the new covenant your sickness is not because of anybody's mistakes problems now that might have started it but if you will repent and get right with god then mercy is a sure thing righteousness is a sure thing the blood adjudicates you and find you faultless for anything that you do wrong, period. That's why it's good to keep short accounts with God. So like I always say, when I need something from God, I'm nice to everybody. I go and I apologize to you. I apologize to my dog. You understand me? And so it says that the works of God should be made manifest in him. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay from the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore washed and came back seeing or came away from there seeing. 
Now, we already talked about creative miracles. This guy was born blind. So somehow before he even got here, the devil stole his sight. So God has to recreate sight for him. Amen. Hence the clay and the spit. And so he says the neighbors, therefore, when, when which before had seen him was blind and said, isn't this the one that used to sit and beg? Some said this is he. Others said, no, he looks like him. But he confessed. He says, yeah, I'm him. I was born blind. Therefore, they said to him, how'd you get your eyes open? Now, this is the neighbors. He ain't even got to the big boys yet. The Pharisees are the big boys. They got little guns shooting at him because he's got a miraculous healing. Everybody hates it when God's mercy shows up. Trust me. Your neighbors who don't even go to church and you don't think know anything about God will start questioning, giving you 20 questions. Well, what church you go to? Where'd you get that from? What, what'd you say that, that minister's name was? So the neighbors jump him first off. Amen. And he said, a man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes and said to me, go wash. I went and watched and I came back seeing. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. And they brought to the Pharisees, they brought to the Pharisees him a fourth time that was blind. So they dragged him off to the religious people. And it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received this sight. And he said again, he put clay on my eyes and I washed. Now, trust me. It's some Pharisees up there taking notes. Trust me, it's some Pharisees that went out and made mud pies and slapped them on people's eyes. Trust me, because he's told this story already now two or three times. People don't ask if they don't want to know. And they want to know for their own reasons. They ain't thinking about him. He says, and again, the Pharisees said, how did, how, ask him how he received it. He told him. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not of God because he did it on Sunday when church is open. Others said, how could a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there's a division. So miracles cause controversy, folks. They said to the blind man again, what did what did you say of him that he said that the one who has opened your eyes? He said he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe it, that he had been been blind and received his sight until they called his parents now they interrogating the whole family they then questioned him and beat him to a pulp now they dragging the mom and the daddy in there and they asked him saying is this your son who you say was born blind how's he able to see and the parents asked him and said well, you know this is our son that he was born blind but we don't know nothing about that don't ask us nothing about how it happened because we don't know nothing. He's old enough. Let him speak for himself. So they throw him under the bus again. These words spoke his parents because they feared the Jews. In other words, you gave your, your family been in this church for three generations and they're going to kick you out because you went to a Benny Hinn meeting and got healed. And you speak in tongues. You ain't told them that yet. 
For the Jews had already agreed that if any man did confess that he was a Christ, he'd be put out the synagogue. Best day in your life. The best thing that can happen to you. Therefore, the parents said he's old enough, ask him. And they called again. Now, look, this has been going on for 25 verses in one chapter, folks. This interrogation. You think the devil won't try to steal healing from you? If he got to get your mom involved, your daddy and got them to renounce you and throw you out the house, he will get you back blind again. And they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did this question has been asked at least five times yet? And he said, I told you already and you didn't hear me. How are you going to hear me again? What do you want? You want to be his disciples? This kid knows if I keep. He says, if I keep telling my testimony, these idiots going to start to believe. And they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where he's from. The man answered and said to him, "Where? why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from when this man came that opened my eyes. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and do his will, he hears him. So the boy didn't put his testimony together already. Since the world began, it was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one born blind. If this man were not of God, he couldn't do anything. And they answered and said to him, you were altogether born in sin and you're teaching us. And they threw him out anyway. Amen. So Jesus heard that they threw him out, went and found him and said, do you believe on the son of God? And he said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe? He said, you have seen him and he is the one who's talking with you. And he said, yes, Lord, I believe. And he says, for judgment, I am coming to this world that they which see not might see and they which hear not, uh, they which do see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, I see now and you have sin. This is what sends religious people to hell all the time. They claim they know God. They claim they serve him, and yet they do not serve him. And many don't even realize how blind and ignorant they are. Amen. And so Jesus sent this young man. This young man has been told to leave out of there and not go back anymore. Amen. Because he understands now, well, he's been kicked out of the synagogue. So he gets winting. His winting instructions are you can't go back. Amen. And this is how most people are able to keep what God gives them. They It gets so hostile where they came from in the dead place that they know for a fact that they cannot go back anymore. So we have winting before and after we're healed. Amen. This young man went after he was healed. And so did the Gadarene demoniac. He went back to his people to give his testimony. This young man was told not to go back to the synagogue. Lest he be back blind again. Because devils won't quit, quit picking at you until they get you to renounce your healing and walk away from it. Amen. So we want to keep our winting, folks. But understand what you're winting, what it's for, and how to keep it. Amen. All right. Now we can stop. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Glory to God. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the living lamb. 
you have risen from the dead and you have healed us amen you know what brother uh, dillard i thought i might lay hands on everybody today just to uh, get them to receive more of their healing i know we kind of i felt like i little rushed out of it a little bit last time i know some of you were checking your eyes your eyes were getting better amen so we're believing god for supernatural healing it's up to you what you're extending your faith for but it sure would be good if we can get off some pills we can get some normal blood pressures normal uh thyroids normal bodies you know get rid of some fear amen you know god's healed some of us and we need to get rid of the fear of the reoccurrence of certain things so i just think it's it'll be a marvelous thing if we could do that those of you who can and want to stand stand right in front of your chairs and i'll have power go around and follow and just let the master touch you today amen we need the master's touch so we're going to do that and allow god to minister to us rachel wants you come over near this, this chair right here honey okay that's what good for you yeah, that's good. Thank you. Father in heaven, we bless you. We thank you for your presence, for your power, your anointing. Father, I thank you for healing everybody who's infirm in their bodies. I thank you, Lord, that this is a day of total manifestation for us. Father, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're tired of winning. We want to be at that place of receiving now. So I thank you, Lord, that winning is over and receiving is started. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Receive. Sorry about that.
Anybody else who's watching, just lift your hands to the screen to receive. There is no distance in the power of God. I release the anointing of God in the name of Jesus. I release your power, Lord, to those who will receive in Jesus' name. Open up your heart by faith to receive what God has for you. Begin to respond to the power of God that you feel in your body right now. Some of you have had difficulty walking. You need to get up and walk around. Some of you need to renounce some of the symptoms that you've been feeling busy. Renounce them. Some people who have glasses, your eyes are clearing right now. Just remove your glasses and see the difference. Keep thanking God for it. You're getting a deposit right now. You're getting the seed of what you need right now. So just begin to do that thing that used to give you difficulty or do that thing that used to make give you pain. Allow the creative hand of God to recreate parts, recreate joints, recreate eyes, vision, all the things that, that you know correct your lenses and your eyes. Just allow God to do that. Remove all the restrictions, remove all the preconceived ideas and all the fear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You better obey my own instruction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Vision clear up in the name of Jesus. Be clear. In Jesus. your head to the soles of your feet, your heel, receive it. No more winting. Today is the day of receiving. No more winting. The day of receiving. Thank you, Lord. Mr. Dillard, why don't you come and stand in front of this chair and then I'll be stand behind you. Amen. 
for blessing and healing to all of us. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise
you're checking your eyes. Put it down, you look at it. She did do it seven times. Seven times. Amen. Under the anointing, it's so much easier. So much on water under the anointing. Amen. So some of the things that we are endeavoring to get God to do for us are kind of small compared. So just give yourself one more stretch, one more time to receive. Say, Lord, I receive my total healing, my corrected eyesight, everything that I need, full motion in my body, 
normal sensation in my body. All pain gone. Never to return again. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, you've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. Father, I thank you to bless our bread and our water, take sickness from the midst of us. And I thank you, Lord, for total health and total healing, immunity from this flu. Why don't we repeat after me? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, I am healed. Amen, 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 and again, it's so decreed. Amen.